Hey guys, welcome to Tenet Talks. So great to have you here with us today where we lead the conversations that matter. How are you guys doing on day chakuti of the lockdown? I don't know, I think I think I'm good. I think I've come to peace with everything, allowing the time to just go by and using the most I I can, you know, out of everything. But um you know, I feel like I've been gone away forever. Like, I don't know why, but as I was setting up, I was like, yo, this has been a long time. It feels ancient. <laughs> but, you know, one of the main reasons why I was away for a bit, I was quite busy, um, started a new business called Tender Treats. And for anyone who doesn't know, for any of my listeners who don't know and are not aware, my original creative journey started off by me being a poet a spoken word artist that's how i started my journey and through that you know through all the years that i've been writing and performing i then decided to make an active move to turn that into a business and the first way i've turned it into a business was through tender treats in which i make original handwritten poetry frames so i was working with an amazing baker called asher bakes on instagram and we did a mother's day special and yeah it was it was a beautiful time because you know that was stressful and packed i think we learned so much about ourselves we learned so much about the craft and yeah guys like she was actually telling me because mothers were so emotional like i don't know if if dads do the same thing like come father's day what are the reactions gonna be like but anyways <laughs> it was an amazing time we actually sold out within the first two days in which we posted it which was amazing so thank you to everyone who had been supporting shout out to you mad love i think yeah the second day we were fully booked and you know we just went on we just you know kept on and mother's day was beautiful it was mother's day last week and you know it was a special time i think it allowed everyone to find creative ways to express their love and appreciation for the people in their lives. But yeah, how was Mother's Day for you? What did you do? How did you show the maternal figure in your life how much you appreciate them? Anyways, now we're going to move into the what's happening segment where we talk about what's happening in Zimbabwe, in Africa, and in the world. So I think in this segment, we're just going to have one story because... The story is too big to share with other stories, <laughs> but we're going to be talking about Cook Off Zimbabwe. Cook Off has done the things. For anyone who doesn't know what Cook Off is, it is an award-winning romantic comedy film, Zimbabwean romantic comedy film, and it has made it to Netflix. Can I repeat this again? It has made it to Netflix. And when I heard the news, I was, guys, I was so elated. I was so happy because this is a positive move. This is a positive direction that our country, our continent is making in quality content, quality stories. And I think so beautiful and i just i really wanted to cry because zimbabwe it's it's i think it's our first film to make it to netflix and 
I think a lot of people were excited, like a lot. It blew up on Twitter, it blew up on Instagram, and Facebook, like, and I was here for it. I was like, woo! So, yeah, guys, definitely, if you want to check it out, go to Instagram, hashtag Netflix Zimbabwe. I, I'm sure you can do that too on, on Twitter and and on facebook but i was so happy to hear that and you know just got to give it to the masterminds of kokov who are thomas brickle and joan jago and you know these guys they worked hard they worked hard i was actually hunting down for a, a website that i had seen about a year ago that thomas brickle posted on facebook about his making of kokov and I gotta say that story is inspirational. I don't know. I think it's. I don't know whether it's like an African thing, or if it's a millennial thing, or if it's, or if it's a human thing. Like whereby we have this misconception that when people succeed, they would have started from like you know those optimum, amazing environments without any struggles and anything. But these guys had been through a lot. Like yo, they struggled they suffered they worked hard they put in their sweat and their blood and they made it they made it and a big round of applause to everything that they've done and how far they've just gone you know they've got an amazing cast they had an amazing crew and through all the challenges that they faced you know they made it happen and they were actually at the pan-african film festival this year earlier on this year with gonna show and <sighs> gotta give it to you zimbabwe is doing the thing zimbabwe is making the moves that are necessary within our community so i want to give a big shout out to them once again cook off zimbabwe is going international it's, it's been international for a long time but guys this is amazing and i feel like this is a time for us to really support and push forward and be like you know what what are we gonna do with our people who are making the moves this is a time that we recognize Kuti, the creative industry has got so much potential to make so much of a positive change not only towards our mindsets but towards our economy towards our improvement and developments guys <sighs> this this really warms my heart so shout out to cook of zim once again you're amazing but anyways getting out of the what's happening segment we're now moving into the main topic of the day and you know, since it's the month of Africa, for all my listeners who may not be of African descent, 25 May is Africa Day. And basically how that day came to be Africa Day was when the organization of African unity was founded. And that was in 1963 in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. So it had 32 signatory, signatory, sign, sorry, signatory agreements. And um, it was said to be led by Hele Selassie and Kwame Nkrumah. So the forming of the OAU then led to 25 May being celebrated as Africa Day. So, you know, in the spirit of Africa Day and Africa Month, I, I claim it as Africa. I claim us as a month, a continent worthy to be celebrated for a full month. But yeah, it motivated me to do a black excellence series a five-part black excellence series and basically what i aim to do within this series is to really detail the power the beauty the resilience of 
Africa, you know, in our past, in our present, in our future. I want to highlight the magnificent abilities we've had, we have, and that we can have to push our continent to the world, you know. And that's what I'm just gonna do. And, you know, for all y'all who are listening to the background music, <laughs> this playlist is mad. So, in this five part series, we're gonna have um or africa playlist and it's going to have amazing african musicians from all over the world and you know y'all is just gonna enjoy y'all finna enjoy because i am enjoying myself and you know it's amazing it is really amazing so you know what one of my greatest inspirations or i would say my ethos is changing the african narrative i believe i'm a pan-african storyteller and it is my duty and my purpose to shift the story within our continent within our country and to be able to change the mindsets of the young of the old and of the upcoming i think my main focus is the upcoming because i want children as they grow up, as they are nurtured, to grow up in that mentality, knowing that they are powerful, knowing that where they come from is powerful, and that they have so much beauty and diversity in where they come from, contrary to what you know society has told us, what Western media has you know distilled, like indoctrinated into our head, and you know most of our stories are usually one-sided. There is such a narrative that is presented that that pulls us down that depicts us as gloomy as dark as barbarian as terrible and that has to change guys because we know how africa is lit we know africa has the potential to do the things within our communities we know it has the potential to take over the world and i'm unapologetic in saying that and i think through this five-part black excellence series i really want to highlight and push that that energy and that drive within people to find ways in which they can be fully pan-african and push out the beauty and have self-awareness and have knowledge of where they come from of their environment of their culture and you know have an appreciation for that so this episode is called ancient african kings so we're going to be talking about our kings our african kings who you know have been making massive moves who have made massive moves within history i don't think i knew about any african kings i don't know if i was ignorant but like i i didn't know any and you know when i was i've really become more interested in african history and looking into it i'm like what <laughs> this is what we had <laughs> you're lying right and I was like, no, this has to be told. This has to be told. So this episode is going to be on ancient African kings. Next episode is going to be on ancient African queens. <laughs> and so that you all know, this playlist is filled with African kings. Musicians who are African kings, guys. Oh, you don't know them. We've got amazing artists that we're going to mention at the end of the episode. But, you know... I think I'm just going to do three African kings for you guys because uh, I I would have liked to mention more but I feel like you know you just you just need to have a grasp and I, I'll be sure to also try put more on 
on my Instagram page, which is at tender.talks for anyone who doesn't know what it is. So we're going to start off with the first African king, Mansa Musa. Guys, this guy was known to be the richest man to have ever lived i kid you not he was the richest man to have ever lived look him up if you think i'm lying this is mansa musa he was a malian and he ruled the mali empire in the 13th century he was the 10th sultan of the mali empire and his wealth people deemed his wealth is inconceivable as incalculable the richest man in the world and if you try to put him on a list with people that you may be aware of Think of Rockefeller, think of Gaddafi, think of Henry Ford. Yeah, he topped all these guys. <laughs> um, he actually made those people look like they were like, he made them look like they were poor. And now we look at the people we have in our modern day world. We think of Jeff Bezos. Apparently, I've been hearing a lot on social media that apparently with, with Amazon, you know, working during this coronavirus, he's set to become a trillionaire. But currently, right now, his his net worth is around 112 billion dollars. But sources say that Mansa Musa was four times much that, and yeah, he was about 400 billion dollars rich, wealthy, and he was African. I think that is a source of amazing pride. He gained most of his wealth from the natural resources within. Um, the then Mali and he owned half of the old world's gold according to British Museum so of all the gold that was in the world he owned half of that that is an African kin that we have with us so you know for all of you guys I know <laughs> we have a very big culture of flexes and people you know who like to flex in front of us hey I know the Miz I see y'all but none of you deserve the title of the flexor if you can never reach the size of Mansa Musa. Because I think he's the only man. He's the only man that deserves that title. In fact, the world actually came to know of the richness and the wealth of this man when he went on a 4,000 mile pilgrimage to Mecca, also known as the Hajj. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically a pilgrimage that happens in the last month of the year that Muslims are expected to make at least once in their lifetime if they can afford. And it's one of the five pillars of Islam. So, you know, he <laughs> he didn't have a budget on anything. He went with an entourage of an estimated 60,000 people, including servants, slaves, you know, all those people that were involved in that journey and apparently you could see it from afar with the naked eye like imagine a caravan with 60,000 people yeah guys it's crazy it's crazy like when i was reading and like researching this thing i was like what is this really true but hey it is so you know one amazing thing that he did they were passing through Cairo because if you look at Mali, it's in the west of Africa. So they had to go through Cairo and then get to Mecca. So apparently when he went to Cairo, he gave so much gold to the poor. And, you know, the people with him and even him spent so much money in Cairo that they collapsed the economy. Like they finished it. 
they caused so much inflation apparently it was about 10 to 25 percent and it took 12 years for them to recover for their economy to recover from that can you even conceive that like can you even think about how how crazy that is for someone to be able to do that i think i think that's out of this world and you know that's really incomprehensible because you're like wow who can do that but hey that was him and yeah he was just an amazing man i think he contributed so much to his empire he did so much to build um his empire and you know he was one of those leaders who invested so much into his people uh he really made timbuktu which was i don't know why but i always used to think timbuktu was was a was a pretend area like i I didn't think it existed but it does okay it does i excuse myself for my former ignorance but it does and um he made timbuktu a center of trade of culture and of islam and actually when he was on his pilgrimage he was inspired by the number of universities he saw on the way and then he was like you know what i'm gonna bring that back to my place and he built uh the sankore university in timbuktu which is one of the oldest universities in the world i think it was the first in africa and this was in the 13th century i think the first university of in the world was built in the 8th century so mad kudos to him for doing that like he did so much and he brought so much so basically he brought books and scholars with him and he also sent religious scholars to a city called Fez in Morocco and you know basically would tell them to learn everything that they can and then they come back and then they teach it to the people so through that appreciation and um, stronghold he had towards the educational system he was able to create such a diverse hub of culture of understanding of investment within Mali and it was one of the biggest areas in the world guys think about it this man was the richest man in the world the richest man to have ever existed and people came from all over the world to learn from him people came from all over West Africa to learn at the university and he was such a man of influence and power you know he was even included in the Catalan Atlas and basically the Catalan Atlas was created in 1375 and it was basically the the map for medieval Europe. So you look at your map now, the way you look at the map now and say, okay, this is is America, this is Portugal. (laughs) It's the same way that it was viewed there. So it was rather smaller, but for you to be recognized in such a map means you have to have had that much power and he had that much power and you know i think i think that's really amazing i think that's really amazing he conquered 24 cities and their surrounding districts his empire stretched over 2000 miles so if you try to gauge it to modern day world he ruled over modern day mauritiana senegal gambia guinea burkina faso mali Niger, Nigeria, and Chad. I don't know about y'all, but 
That's crazy. So yeah, that's with our first ancient African king, Mansa Musa, the richest man to have ever lived. Now we move on to the second ancient African king I want to talk about, who is Ewaure the Great, who was the king of Benin. And he was known to be an amazing warrior and magician. Why I really love um, Ewaure, basically in Benin they call kings Oba. So he was called Oba Ewaure. And why he was deemed to be one of the greatest kings in the Benin kingdom was because of how intelligent he was as a leader and how multifaceted and how much investment he put in towards the administration of his kingdom he was known to consolidate to develop and expand the kingdom through innovative leadership ideas so he had a very disciplined community that was outstanding in its organization in its warfare and in its conquest and he was the one that then brought in the the succession of warrior kings you know the great warrior kings so we've got the oba ozulua we've got oba esigie we've got oba orugubua and you know there were so many kings that came after him and he had such great organizational skills i'm gonna say this again you know he made sure that there was such a great political system and it was divided up i think it was it was divided up into was it seven or eight different um ranks and through that he was delegating leadership positions to other people so though it was um a a monarchy it still had so much fluidity of power and that allows so much greatness to come out of that and he was a great leader you know and for anyone who doesn't know they had an amazing thing known as the walls of Benin. So, for anyone who doesn't know what the walls of Benin were, by the Guinness Book of World Records, they were known to be the world's largest earthworks prior to the mechanical area. So, you know, these things are huge. <laughs> they were huge. Apparently, they were four times the size of the Great Wall of China. They consumed a hundred times more material than the Great Pyramids of chops 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 yeah and they're expanding over 16,000 miles and it was beautiful it was so beautiful travelers from europe used to come and marvel at these sites because they were so intricately built and they paid so much attention to it and apparently you know most people used to think that their structures were primitive and they didn't have much consideration and that's what a lot of English people used to think but apparently by the ethno-mathematician known as uh, I can't find his name but he was an amazing ethno-mathematician which basically focuses on the study of the relationship between mathematics and culture so they actually were deemed to be mathematicians to know the structure of how to build the walls of Benin because the way in which they were built was so beautiful and it was it's known as a fractal design. So basically this man says, when Europeans first came to Africa, they considered the architecture disorganized and thus primitive. It never occurred to them that the Africans might have been using a form of mathematics 
that hadn't even been discovered yet because they used the careful rules of symmetry, proportionality, and repetition, which is known as fractal design. So I think it was amazing. And big kudos to, to Benin. They had such amazing things. They had amazing structures. They had amazing artwork. And it's such a beautiful place. I think I was talking about it in my last episode my last last episode where I was talking about how um, museum colonialism has a lot of artwork from Benin that was stolen. Apparently, I think it was in 1897, there was something called the punitive expedition whereby they stole, they, they broke down, they destroyed the great walls of Benin and um, they stole a lot of their artwork, which is very disheartening. But that's the community we live in, hey? So I would have loved to get into the third African king, but I think I will mention him on my Instagram page at tender.talks if you guys would be interested. Um, there are so many great people who ruled over Africa. I know a lot of people when they think of kingdoms and kings, they usually think of Egypt. But Africa has so many amazing histories that haven't been documented the way they deserve to be. And I think it's it's about time that we changed that. So yeah, that that's all about the topic for today. Now we're gonna move into the shout out segment. Shout out! <laughs> so um, this segment I think I want to give it to Star Leadership Academy. For anyone who doesn't know what Star Leadership Academy is, it's an intensive educational program that really equips African students with critical leadership skills challenges their identity, improves their cultural awareness, and builds commitment to servant leadership and national building through student leadership, tenacity, accountability, and responsibility. And basically what they have is that they have a one-year program that's split into two semesters, and the students will basically participate in the STAR program, which has a curriculum which is catered specifically to them and is designed specifically for them and it's based on these six pillars that define the academy's values and objectives so star leadership has really provided a platform for african youth to move to a space in which they can talk be aware and actively make changes about the problems within the african spaces um, be it through agriculture, be it through business, be it through social and political outlooks. And they create that space and environment for bright individuals to have that space to do what they have to do. And just got to have a big shout out for them. So basically what they're doing is that they're going to have um, their 2021 applications. They've just started so if you know anyone who has just completed form four who you know has got this burning desire to change the world to change africa and you know is willing to to learn and just make an impact you should tell them to definitely definitely apply to star leadership academy i'm going to put the link to the application form on my on my link tree and I'll also do a short feature of them on my Instagram page if you guys want to check it out. 
have to give a big shout out to them they're creating opportunities for so many people and i think it's such a selfless movement to move our continent forward so yeah guys definitely definitely check that out um they actually have so many students that they cater from they have a yearly cohort of 80 students from across africa including burundi lesotho and zimbabwe so you know this is open to any african student who is willing to put themselves out there and you know upon completion of this program they get spaces and scholarships they help them get scholarships to amazing a-level and ib institutions across zimbabwe and they become a star scholar so if you know someone guys i beg you know this is this is how we build up our people if you know someone who you think is deserving of this you can also nominate them you can apply on behalf of them and you know see how it goes i think it will be something really amazing so yeah that's end of my shout out segment we're now moving on to the music review segment today we're giving a shout out to ashe ashe has a new ep called mellow the lost tapes and it's an amazing five track album and you know i think it just took took us through a whole series of emotions and i really want to talk about it more in my music review segment which is also on my instagram page so you know for anyone who doesn't know i do music reviews for albums and um i really want to push out our african content because We've got amazing people and, you know, they need to be recognized. So shout out to Ashe. He is one of the co-founders of College, College Central. Um, for anyone who knows, I've always been talking about what you have He is part of that. So, oh, guys, shout out to him. So, yeah, this brings an end to our episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had an amazing playlist. The one you were listening to all this time, guys. It had some of the best people that, you know, you don't even know of. These are African kings. It's got a widespread. We had artists from Namibia, artists from Zambia, from Tanzania and Zimbabwe. We had the likes of Fresh Like Ah, Gino Love. Guys, it was beautiful. And I hope to hear more from you. Have an amazing day. Thank you.